Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Welcome. I'm Jennifer Hadley. I'm so happy to be joining with you today. What a blessing. Our topic this week is joy or darkness. You decide. (laughs) Will you live in joy or darkness? Oh boy. Well, sometimes we feel differently at different times, don't we? Well, let's clear some room in our heart here with a prayer. I invite you to take a breath of love and gratitude with me as we open ourselves to the unprecedented, unlimited flow of divine goodness. I place my hand on my heart and I take that breath of love, so grateful and so thankful say yes. Yes to the higher Holy Spirit self. Yes to infinite wisdom, divine intelligence flowing through us. We are putting the Holy Spirit in charge. Yes. The higher Holy Spirit self is having its way with us. So we're grateful to recognize I am that I am and I am one with the I am presence of every being. And it is our joy to bless all of our brothers and sisters in this unity of all life. We are grateful and we are thankful to shine the light of love, to choose to shine the light of love into any belief in darkness. We open our hearts and minds to the joy, unconditional joy that is our true nature. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone and we joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. So A Course in Miracles talks a lot about darkness and it talks a lot about joy. Both of these things. Helping us to understand. So... That darkness that we sometimes feel is the negativity. When we choose to think the thoughts that are negative. You know, whenever there's a conflict in our mind, this is what A Course in Miracles teaches us, when there's a conflict in our life, and even a conflict on a global scale or in our relationships, our home, our community, and our finances, when there's a conflict... What it really is, is when we say we'd like the peace of God, but that's not what we're choosing. When we say we'd like the peace of God, but we're actively choosing something else. And A Course in Miracles tells us we are the kingdom of God. That we literally are the kingdom of God. And I love to say, seek first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto us. And it says in A Course in Miracles, in chapter 6, section 2, paragraph 13, 
No darkness abides in the kingdom. No darkness abides anywhere in the kingdom. So Course of Miracles tells us, Jesus tells us, you are the kingdom of God. And he also tells us, no darkness abides anywhere in the kingdom. But your part is only to allow no darkness to abide in your mind. Allow no darkness to abide in your mind. So what happens is we allow darkness to abide in our mind. And then we sacrifice our joy. And we wonder what is really going on. Why can't we have happiness? Why can't we have joy? What happens is we entertain darkness in our mind, negativity. Blocking the light is what brings our experience of darkness. Not being willing to see our own light, not willing to see the light in other people is what brings us the experience of darkness. And so many people have told me that they believed that there was darkness in them. They believed that there was evil in them. And they were afraid. They were afraid that that evil was going to take over. That evil was going to hurt somebody. That darkness was going to attack. And I understand that. Many people have told me that They feared what that darkness could do, as though the darkness had power. The darkness is only the appearance of the absence of love. Just as in our physical world, darkness is only caused by blocking the light. There is no natural state in this world that's darkness. So even when there is, uh, it's nighttime, we still have in our human experience the light. There's the, even when the moon, it's a new moon, we've got a new moon coming up this week. Even when it's a new moon, and the moon is essentially hardly reflecting the sun at all, it's a dark moon, there's still the light of the stars. There's just no such thing in our natural world as complete darkness. And we know that the only reason we experience the dark night, the dark of night, is because the sun is on the other side of the earth, or the earth has turned, and our side is not facing the sun in this moment. But we're assured that it's going to turn right around. And it keeps turning. And in a sense, that's what happens with us. We keep turning to the light and then to the dark and to the light and to the dark. However, the dark has no power and it's not real. A lot of people make the darkness seem real because they feel such great regret over what they believe their dark side or evil side or bad nature has done to themselves and to others, and they feel regret, they feel shame, they feel guilt. So the thing about the darkness is it only is as real to us as we believe it is real. 
And this is why our brothers and sisters can be our salvation. You know, A Course in Miracles is always telling us that our salvation rests in our brothers and sisters. It rests in our ability to see them correctly. And we can see the light in our brothers and sisters no matter how much darkness they shine. I mean, they, they seem to be evident, evidencing they shine. Their light still shines. And so it's about willingness to see beyond the illusion. And this is something we have to really have a desire to do in order to be able to do. And when we don't have a desire to do it, don't we feel that there's the darkness taking over? I don't wish to see the good in that person. No way. I wish only to see them as bad and wrong. And we think these thoughts not recognizing that when that's the choice we're making, we will only see the darkness in ourselves. We won't see the love and the light in ourselves. Not really. Even though we might feel justified and righteous anger, think we're better than other people and rail about other people's lack of integrity. What's really going on is we are filled with remorse and guilt and blame and shame. So this is why we say the judger always feels judged and the attacker always feels attacked. As long as we entertain a belief in darkness and look for evidence of it, we'll find the evidence because we're going to see what we're looking with. So if we look with guilt, we're going to see that others are guilty or that our feelings of guilt are justified. I... I was writing in a recent, uh, one of my daily blogs, I write a daily blog of inspiration. I record a new prayer every day. You can sign up for my Spiritual Espresso daily blog at jenniferhadley.com. And I was saying that if only everyone could believe just one thing, that darkness is not real and it has no power and it's not in anyone. If we could all just believe that one thing, It would be heaven on earth. Right here, right now, we would have heaven on earth. And so that, for me, is my personal call not to see that darkness is real, not to give it any power. And my belief is the only thing that does give it power. So, you know, A Course in Miracles talks about all healing is at the level of the mind. And it's right here. It's in the willingness to entertain the belief in darkness or to let it go. Now, how do we let go of that belief in darkness when there's so much happening in the world that's trying to convince us of this belief in darkness? And that's going to keep going on. All that we see in the world that tries to convince us that evil is real and darkness is real, all that we see in the world... It seems to show us that appearance. That's a result of collective belief and thought. So we've got people like Gandhi saying, my life is my message. 
be the change that you'd like to see in the world. We've got A Course in Miracles telling us, seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. And that's where our work is, changing our mind about the world. So let's not give darkness any more power. Withdraw your belief in it, and the illusion that darkness has power fades away. And we begin to see the truth that sets us free, and the truth is that only love has power. And when we are willing to really know and believe that love is the only power there is, then we start to exercise it. We start to exercise it. We start to believe it. We start to remember that this is the truth. So all of the great teachers that have ever come to teach us a spiritual truth, it's always forgiveness. And A Course in Miracles is all about forgiveness. So what are we forgiving? We're forgiving our belief in the darkness. When we are willing to forgive, we can see the perfection, the light, the wholeness in everyone. If everyone would simply forgive themselves, we could experience heaven on earth. And all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. This is the teaching of A Course in Miracles. Now, in terms of joy, there is no darkness in the kingdom. Joy is part of our natural state. But if we believe there is darkness in the kingdom, darkness in us, can we really experience joy? Is joy really going to be available to us? One of the lessons of the Holy Spirit is, it says here uh, in the text, chapter 6, section 5, which is the lessons of the Holy Spirit. Paragraph 1. Like any good teacher, the Holy Spirit knows more than you do now. The Holy Spirit teaches only to make you equal with Him. You had already taught yourself wrongly, having believed what was not true. You did not believe in your own perfection. Would God teach you that you had made a split mind when he knows your mind only as whole. What God does know is that his communication channels are not open to him so that he cannot impart his joy and know that his children are wholly joyous. Giving his joy is an ongoing process, not in time, but in eternity. God's extending outward, though not his completeness, is blocked when the sonship does not communicate with him as one. So he thought, my children sleep and must be awakened. How can you wake children in a more kindly way than by a gentle voice that will not frighten them, but will merely remind them that the night is over and the light has come? You do not inform them that the nightmares that frighten them so badly are not real, because children believe in magic. You merely reassure them that they are safe now. Then you train them to recognize the difference between sleeping and waking. 
So they will understand they need not be afraid of dreams. And so when bad dreams come, they will themselves call on the light to dispel them. So there's our instruction. When it seems like there's a bad dream, call on the light to dispel the bad dream. And the light of God will never fail. Because the only thing that's real is the light of God. Just like when you walk into a pitch black room and you turn on the light, the light does not have to argue or cajole or make a deal with the darkness. The light always wins. Because there's no argument that the darkness can make because it's not real. Darkness is only a byproduct of believing that something other than love is real. So darkness isn't real. Only light is real. So giving God's joy is an ongoing process. Not in time, but in eternity. So God is extending outward all the time. And we can receive that. I I like to say that God is live streaming all the time. And we can wake to receive the message, the message of joy. But if we have a belief in darkness, we won't feel worthy of that joy. And one of the things I learned early on in my life is that I was repressing a lot of my feelings because my feelings were so upsetting to me and so disturbing to me. So I was smoking and drinking and just in denial, trying everything I could think of not to feel my feelings because my feelings were so intense and so upsetting to me. And what I didn't realize was I was also blocking my connection to joy, to peace, to harmony, to freedom, to wisdom and clarity. I was deadening myself to everything that was enjoyable and powerful and healing, as well as everything that was upsetting. So you see how this belief in duality gets us into a stuck space. So I believed in good and bad, in better and worse. And so that belief in duality kept me from experiencing that continuous flow of divine insight, wisdom, and joy. And now I'm really interested in being in the flow of love, which allows me to also be in the flow of joy. And so that fundamental practice of disconnecting from a belief in darkness, that's the thing that makes it possible For me to know the truth that sets me free. Yep, that's it right there. Oh, my Lord. And so forgiveness is the practice of non-judgment. Forgiveness or unforgiveness is holding on to the decisions we made, the meaning that we made of it, our interpretations. And if it's upsetting, guaranteed it's not true. It's totally optional for us to believe the truth or the story that we made up, our perception. 
So forgiveness is the way out of the darkness every time. And forgiveness is practicing non-judgment. I do not know what anything is for. So many spiritual students tell me they don't feel any joy. Forgiveness is the key to joy. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and it's time for me to take a break here. Oh, taking that break, I am so happy to remind you that you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about joy or darkness. You choose. (laughs) And just before we get back into it, I'd like to mention that a couple of things going on at jenniferhadley.com right now. You can still access the whole series of classes I did called Stop Playing Small. They're all free. You can get the free downloads of the audios and the we're going to be posting the transcripts as well. So that's Stop Playing Small, all free, on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com. If you would like my forgiveness support, you can get my free How to Get Over It Forgiveness Workshop uh, right there on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com as well. And... If you are interested in getting into a class with me and doing this work and getting the weekly classes, weekly counseling uh, calls, we do group counseling calls in my Finding Freedom class, my seven-week spiritual boot camp class is on right now, and it is the perfect setup for your next year, believe it or not. As I record this, we're coming down to Thanksgiving. Yep, it's, uh, what is it, November 10th. And um, we, uh, we've we got uh, just a little over two months left to the rest of the year. And Finding Freedom, one of the greatest benefits of people doing that Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp with me is they definitely have different holiday experiences. And they also then are really well prepared for my year-long Masterful Living class, which starts January 1st. And that's my year-long class where we work together in a group and we apply these teachings and it is so deeply and powerfully transformative. You're welcome to join me. So let's get back to Joy or Darkness. So, in this uh, chapter 6 of the text, in uh, the section 5C, these are the, um, uh, what do you call them, the um, 
teachings of the Holy Spirit, the lessons of the Holy Spirit. Um, C is, what is this? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. And in here, it says, the Holy Spirit never varies on this point. And so the one mood he engenders is joy. And the Holy Spirit always rejects what the ego accepts. And the Holy Spirit is always vigilant for the kingdom. Remember, we are the kingdom. And there's no darkness in the kingdom. So the Holy Spirit is vigilant for the light in the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is vigilant for our true identity. And so this is why I say all the time, partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, our true identity. And all throughout A Course in Miracles, Jesus tells us, make the Holy Spirit your teacher. Let me be your teacher. I'm your elder brother. I've done the same work that you're doing. Let's do it together. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, the thing is, the Holy Spirit is a voice for joy, and the ego is a voice for darkness. Why is it so often we listen to the voice for darkness? Why is it when, if we listen to the Holy Spirit, we can experience joy and we say we want joy? In fact, if you just think about it for a minute, just think about everything that you have planned to do today or everything that you've already done today. Don't you think that in some way, shape, or form, it's going to make you happy, and that's why you chose to do it. That's why you chose to eat what you ate, or wear what you're wearing, or have the meetings, the conversations, the activities, the phone calls, the emails. Everything that you're doing is to make you happy, right? Even if you ate something you didn't want to eat, you probably ate it because you thought, well, this is good nutrition. I've got to eat something. I can't eat nothing. There's something that you're thinking it's about your happiness. It's about your joy. Even when we do things to the detriment of our health, like, uh, smoking or over drinking or just any of the number of things that people do to the detriment of their health in their activity of doing it isn't there some thought that this will make me happy this self-medication this thing will make me happy i know i shouldn't have sex with that person again it's but for in this moment i think it's going to make me happy Somehow, I think in this moment, it's going to alleviate my suffering. And whenever we're in that mode of operation, we're aligned with the ego and we're literally eliminating the possibility of happiness and joy. And why do we do that? It's because like attracts like. So if we believe we are darkness, if we believe we are bad and that others are bad and wrong, others are out of integrity, whatever we're 
blaming them for. If we put all our belief in that, then we're going to feel unworthy and bad on some level. And because like attracts like, we're going to engage in behaviors that literally prevent us from remembering the truth of our being and remembering the light of our being and remembering the path of joy, remembering to listen to the Holy Spirit. Instead, we will continue to listen to that ego voice for separation and for suffering. I've done a lot of research on this. And I've asked myself so many times, why did I make the unloving choice? Why is the unloving choice so attractive to me? And it simply was always because I had a belief in darkness. Seriously, I had a belief in darkness. And so the invitation that I'm extending here is to stop making the darkness real. Just that one thing, stop making the darkness real. The hardest thing for any of us human beings in this human experience, as far as I can tell, the very hardest thing is simply to see our own perfection and not to believe that every choice that we made in this world of illusion was somehow real. That which is real is the eternal, is infinite, is love, is joy, and can never be bad or wrong. It just can't be. That which is real is eternal and infinite love, now and forever. It is the light. And this is what the Holy Spirit is assigned to remind us of all the time. And the Holy Spirit is reminding us all the time. If we feel like we don't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's because we do not wish to. We'd rather listen to the ego every single time. And we listen to the ego because we choose to energize that belief in darkness. So there is no darkness in the kingdom. And the only place that darkness seems to exist is in our mind. And we don't even have to figure out how to purify our mind. We just have to be willing. Willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. Willing to forgive. That's it. That's all we have to really be willing to do. And yet, don't we notice, sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is just be willing to forgive. We prefer to hold on to the thoughts of attack, even though consciously or unconsciously, we know that if we give ourselves permission to attack, we will feel attacked. We will feel wronged. If we give ourselves permission to wrong others, we will feel wronged. So the hardest thing in this world isn't hard at all, but we think it's hard. And it's just seeing ourselves as the perfect Christ light that we already are. Giving up this delusion that we have made that we're wrong and bad. Part of why we like that delusion that we're wrong and bad so much is we've put so much effort into it. We've so carefully crafted it 
it's more dear to us than our own children. I say this as someone who's not had a child or raised a child. But what I know is I see so many people who are parents and they cling to that vision of darkness within themselves even more than they cling to their children. Because that vision of darkness, of bad and wrong and all the different layers of belief that have gone into carefully crafting that belief in darkness, that golem monster that we have made. We've put so much effort into it, so much identification, so much belief that it's real and that it's who we are. And that we can never escape it. We can never live without it. It's who we are. That The thought of handing that over to the Holy Spirit for healing, it feels like death. And it almost feels worse than death. And one of the questions I had to ask at one point And I hear many students ask, who will I be without this personality that's mean and cruel and bad and wrong and stupid and ugly and ashamed? Who would I be without that? How would I even recognize or know myself? And the answer I got back from the Holy Spirit is, you'll see your true self, your true identity. And so we must be willing, just willing, or even willing to be willing, or willing to be willing to be willing to see our true self and to give up everything that we've made, right? You know, I don't know about you, but one of the things for me is I've noticed, because I've moved house a few times, I've noticed how I hold on to things that I've made. And I I let them go more and more easily. So, you know, you take a class in ceramics and you make something that's highly imperfect, let's say. But you made it. Or you, whatever it is you might have made. And some craft, right? And it can be your children, too. It's something that you've made, that you put a lot of effort and energy into, or even just a little, just a few hours of effort or energy into. And even though it's basically useless to you, it's just a reminder of the way you invested a couple hours of your energy, let's say, like in a, a something from a pottery class or something you made. You, you don't wish to throw it out. You don't wish to get rid of it. You hold on to it. As though somehow, some way, it's truly valuable. It's, I made that. That's my creation. You see, and this is part of the human experience in this world, is we get to experience being the creator. Because in this world, our thought combined with our belief brings things into form, into manifestation. 
form being our thoughts, our emotions, and the circumstances and situations of our life. So we think things into being. And even if what we've thought into being is physical illness, even if what we have brought into being is uh, living in a hovel, a big mess, it's ours and we don't want to give it up. We become identified with it. We become attached to it. So the Buddhists say all attachments cause suffering. So every judgment that is our unforgiveness is an attachment. And every belief in darkness is an opinion, it's a judgment, it's an attachment. So the practice of our liberation is relief from the attachments. And the fastest way I know to heal my mind of all its attachments is to simply open my mind to the Holy Spirit to A, show me where the attachments are so I can surrender them to the Holy Spirit for healing. And I literally say, Holy Spirit, please take this out of my mind so I never think it again. I don't need this thought. And you can begin to really see where does a particular thought become a place of safety for you? That you think your opinions and judgments are the place of safety. Forgive and you will see the light that you are. Self-forgiveness is all that our awakening and healing really requires. Forgiveness is that release of judgments, the release of the meaning that we made of things. And always remember that the meaning that we make of things, our interpretation, our perception, our belief is false. So would you really rather suffer than let go of the judgment? What if you knew that someday, someday, some way, somehow, you will choose to give up that judgment, the one that you cling to now. And that until you give it up, you're going to actively suffer. Would you continue to suffer? Or would you be willing to release the attachment? That is the work that I do every day. So knowing that eventually I'm going to give up every opinion, why delay my happiness and procrastinate? Why? There's a higher calling. There's a higher calling, and it's to recognize we are the light, and our brothers and sisters are helping us to see it, to know it, to be it. So we can either be the light and shine the light and be a beneficial, truly helpful presence in our relationships, in our workplace, in our life, in our family, or we can be the grumbler and the complainer and the grudge holder. We get to choose. But no matter how much we complain and how much we rail against the darkness, it will never be real. It's like railing against figments of our imagination. It's exactly like that. And we can choose to give them up today and begin to really earnestly allow the Holy Spirit. (laughs) 